Welcome to another episode of Heart to Heart. Today, I have the privilege of speaking with Vinita Kamte. To the last bullet is Vinita's ode to her husband Ashok, who tragically lost his life serving the people of Mumbai in the 26-11 terror attacks. I don't think there is anyone that would have wanted to write this book, not even Vinita Kamte. The indescribable shock a family faces when something of this magnitude hits is life-altering to say the least, and to then find that the press and the Ram Pradhan Committee report issued by the state government reported that Ashok and his fellow officers acted in haste, resulting in the loss of the officers' lives, could have been debilitating. However, in an inspiring display of devotion, Vinita invoked the RTI Act in search of the truth about what really happened in the final hours of her husband's life. For someone who is very private, her search for answers brought her into the public eye in a big way and brought attention to the accountability of those in power. Vinita, I thank you for coming on the podcast today and sharing your life with us. I know this hasn't been easy for you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. Vinita, tell me about yourself and your life before marriage, your childhood. What were those years like? Uh, Bringing, uh, we had a very carefree and a very uh, chilled out uh, life. I remember my father really working hard. He used to be in the office till three and four in the morning and my mother managed the house beautifully. And uh, yeah, it was like there were no worries at all. We uh, were really, really like... uh, in an atmosphere where we were encouraged to do everything. I mean, uh, to study, to play games, to participate in all different activities. So it was really nice, no worries at all. Uh, Right. I remember when we were talking, you know, a few minutes earlier, you'd mentioned that, you know, your father came from a more traditional background, but he really encouraged you and your sisters to, to live this life of, you know, empowerment and, and, and sort of empowered you in, in, in all ways possible. Is there something about that that you wanted to share with us? So my father's father was actually a municipal commissioner in Baroda State. And then they again shifted back to Maharashtra and they had a house in a place in Karad and landed properties there. And my father decided to do his law. He studied in Ferguson College, then he did his law. And then he started practice. Though the family background, my uh, grandparents were a little traditional. My father was very different, surprisingly. He never uh, sort of made us believe that we were like daughters and we didn't have a brother or, you know, he didn't have a son. We were encouraged to study. We were encouraged to drive. When we started to learn to drive, he said, no, you have to know how to change the tire in case you're stranded somewhere in the middle of the road. So he taught us even how to change the tire. And he was very encouraging. In fact, my eldest sister, he encouraged, she also, we all did law. He encouraged my mother after 14 years of marriage to do law. She stood second in the university. And my eldest sister then got into politics by accident. And he encouraged her to get into politics. Uh, My other sister, my twin sister is a high court judge now. And um, yeah, so he encouraged all three of us. I was the only one who didn't want to practice. I did try my hand at practice, but I was very happy being a homemaker after marriage. 
and he every time kept telling me no no you need to at least go teach in uh, colleges you know whatever salary you get i'll give you double or three times that but he couldn't ever get, get me to do that but yeah he was very encouraging and um, i remember we went to uh, england for my my twin sister studied at cambridge she did her masters from there and uh, she said it'll be nice if you get your driving license and drive in the uk so my mother and me we took our uh, driving license and everybody my uncle and all was so worried they say you people are going to come here and drive in uk i mean what's wrong with you all it's not like india and my father was it's okay drive i'm there you all and my mother drove for some distance from london to a little outskirts and then they gave me the wheel to drive and then after that i drove all the way to scotland and back you know so he was very very encouraging uh, So it was nice to be, you know, brought up in a house where we were encouraged to do everything. You know that it's lovely, and I I loved what you said that your it was not that your father wanted you to be you and your sisters to be like boys, but he wanted girls who are empowered and and to feel that they are they have that self confidence. I think that is. that's that's an amazing um mindset it's a very progressive mindset and i think you know it's very refreshing it's it, i mean i don't know i also hear i've heard this that uh, a daughter is a daughter all her life and a son is a son until he gets married so you know considering that you have two sisters uh, of course your sons are very young but you you know but you, what do you any thoughts on on this actually we haven't really given it a thought because I mean yeah if you look at it I mean we are always there for our parents like my mother lives on her own she's 86 and yeah we are all there for her whenever she just calls us so I whenever I'm in Pune I spend my evenings with her and we all make that effort and I I don't know what the difference would be if I had a brother I don't know really but yeah I can see that we all really make time for a didn't make time for my father and now for my mother I don't think anything could have prepared one for the violence and horror of 2611. I remember being glued to the television as the events unfolded, watching in shock and thinking about the despair and helplessness of the ones that were held hostage at that time and their families. And on the other hand, then I saw these brave men and women from the forces going into that situation head on. I couldn't fathom the metal of these men and women. What are they made of? What drives them? You know, their sense of purpose. Um, you know, it's an absolute honor for me to be sat next to the wife of such a man, brave, fearless. Um, tell me more about Ashok. What was he like? One thing he always said, uh, you know, they're paying me for my passion. He loved his job. and i was always proud of the fact that he was always in the forefront he would never shirk from his responsibility uh when he became the additional commissioner or when he was commissioner of police sholapur a lot of his subordinates would say saab you don't have to go everywhere yourself and uh, but i could see that most of the times the officers are scared of the repercussions if they beat up someone there's human rights there's something there was something about him he was just wasn't scared and i think he was one of the few officers who could get away but even thrashing uh, constables who were uh, not on duty and were in sholapur 
and they were part of a political procession or a religious procession which they shouldn't have been there and they were holding the entire procession uh, you know it just not allowing them to move forward so i remember him i, I was there that weekend in sholapur and uh, he told the inspector that why is it not moving ahead so they couldn't convince those two uh, guys so then he sent the dcp then somebody else finally he went himself he got hold of both the constables he took them to the police station and thrashed the sh- shit out of them and he just wasn't scared like he believed that i what i'm doing is right so i'll bear the consequences and i love that fact that he wasn't scared he wasn't scared of being transferred he wasn't scared and i supported him completely on that because you can't live you know if you believe that you're doing something right then there's nothing to be scared of and uh, when he beat up this emily also from sholapur i remember uh, that night i had just spoken to him and you know he said okay i'm going to sleep at 10:30 and then in the morning the tv news started coming that he'd beaten up a politician i said but i just said good night to him at 10:30 what happened after that so i called up the constable and he said saab so re so i said wake him up there is the tv news you know the channels are running news that he's beaten up uh, the politician so then uh, when i spoke to him he said yeah so he broke the law so i beat him up i mean he tried to hold on to my collar so i beat him up and he was just not scared of the repercussions you know which is nice because most officers are scared of being transferred or you know being suspended or things like that so it was nice to be married to somebody i i feel really proud that i was married to somebody like that how did you both meet what what drew you to him like i said uh, i was telling you just some time before that first thing is that the kind of respect his parents gave to my parents because normally in a arranged match the girl side is always considered you know okay she has to come to the boy side and or the parents have to approach and what i liked about ashok's dad was he told my parents no i don't believe in this uh, i will come i don't have a permanent house in pune i live in mumbai i will come to your house then my parents my mother said uh, they both seem to be the same age and he was like it's okay even if she's older to him how does it matter so it was the progressive thinking that really you know i felt good that they respected my parents one and that is what it was very very important for me and then of course i met ashok and then there was an honesty about everything that he said you know and he said i live i will be staying in small areas in mofisal areas places where you will not have access to big shops and stuff like that so i mean are you prepared for that kind of life and then yeah like arranged marriage is a gamble and this was one gamble i was willing to take <laughs> and but did you have um, did you have a courtship period at all uh, we did yes for 6 months we did but then uh, he was here for some time then he went back for his uh, he to finish his uh, training at the national police academy and post that we got married right i you know i always think that uh, the marriage is always a leap of faith you know you can never know anybody enough right you might be with somebody for years before you get married or months but it's only after marriage and over a period of time that you get to really know each other you see sides of each other that you haven't seen before and it's a process it's a journey what what was your life post marriage like did it change significantly 
Before I got married, he had in fact called my mother and me to uh, visit Bhandara, which was a very small rural area, you know, to see what life was going to be there. There were no hotels, there were no restaurants, there was nothing, absolutely nothing. It was an accelerate area and I remember going, seeing the house where we would be staying. And yeah, so uh, it was a drastic change. I mean, I never imagined myself to be going to these small places. Because you always think you're going to move from one city to another city. And, but when you love somebody, I guess that's a, you're willing to make those, you change your, those uh, perceptions and willing to go to the places. And then, yeah, it was an accelerate area. I remember I'm a person who comes from a very big family. Ashok also did. But then I loved having people over and he was like, you need people all the time. I said, yeah, that's the way I've been brought up, you know. And he was somebody who would... With my in-laws also, we had to tell them like we are coming and then, you know, inform them we are coming and go in our house. It was like an open house. Anybody could come anytime. So he changed a lot, you know, to um, adjust. And he realized people come not for the food or anything. It's just that you enjoy company. And then yeah, he changed a lot. Uh, in our family, we can sit and chat till 12 and 3 in the morning. So he would sit with us have his dinner and then say goodnight and say you guys can continue. So he didn't make a lot of adjustments and he loved having people over. Lovely. That's, and I think that's really what a true partnership is all about, right? Both people take steps towards each other and embrace each other and, and whatever, you know, people bring with that, right? In fact, uh, I remember when we got married, my aunt came to stay with us and she, wouldn't, she couldn't speak English. And I was, and Ashok couldn't speak Marathi. So I was so worried as, you know, how are they going to converse with each other and whether she'll feel uncomfortable, you know, in what if he doesn't speak uh, to her. And he was super nice to her. He made all the effort to talk in, you know, his broken Marathi. And that really made me feel so nice. I mean, that, you know, he's taking so much effort, uh, you know. So I think those are small gestures that you show that make you feel that, yeah, he's the right person, you know. I mean... Uh, just and one of many reasons to fall in yeah, love with, yeah, with, yeah. Uh, with and the I couldn't cook. I learned to cook in Bandara, and I remember chapatis is something I still can't cook. So I would call the chapatis from the mess, and I would if the cook didn't come, of course, we had a cook. But then I would cook the veggies, but the chapatis would always come from the police mess because that's. But he would never complain. He was like, yeah. Uh, Ashok, I believe, was selected for the Internal Revenue Service, but he chose the police service given his love of the uniform and what it stood for. Um, he was known as a one-man army, always leading from the front. Did you both as a couple ever discuss the fact that this life that you both shared together could one day in a blink uh, change forever? Did you carry this constant fear through the years? Not really. When we got married, we were in an accelerate area. So there used to be a lot of, uh, you know, I remember those times, there were a lot of landmine, you know, there were uh, uh, accidents that happened in Bandara. So the, at that time, yes, I did live in fear because there was no connectivity. And suddenly, you know, somebody would come and say, if he didn't come back, I would call up and ask and they would say, oh, there's been an ambush and we've lost few people. So there was no way of knowing uh, what exactly is happening. 
so i remember one time the dig from nagpur came home he said no everything is fine we've lost two people but yeah um things are in control so yeah i i remember going to nagzira and all these you know beautiful uh, places but i was always scared you know where there were mines planted somewhere because you know i i'd be lost a lot of policemen at that time when we were there uh, a lot of naxal uh, skirmishes but one didn't expect this in a place like mumbai or something like this to happen i mean this was like something unexpected yeah so please you know tell us about that day 26 11 the day that changed your life forever i guess in many ways uh my father in law my mother in law and the boys we'd all gone out for dinner and on the way back kashok called up saying there is some firing happening at the taj and they, it seems to be a terrorist attack and then when we went home we switched on the television my father in law was not keeping well in fact he was supposed to go for some procedure two days later and we all watched the television my father in law went to bed and i kept watching and uh, i didn't want to disturb him because uh, you know they were busy with the phone calls and everything only once i remember he did say that i'm now going to the i'm going to obroys because mr gafur had called him and then i decided not to call till a friend called and she asked me where is ashok so i said yeah he's been sent to obroys she said no watch the news and that's when it started coming you know at the bottom so my younger son i think he was sleeping and then uh, i had the neighbors start coming home so that's when it really hit me that you know something has happened but you know with somebody sick at home um ashok's parents were divorced so his mother lived in delhi and two boys here so it was very difficult to sort of you know i had to be strong because they were just looking at me every time so yeah that news i kept thinking yeah there's some hope but then when all three names you know kept flashing mr karkeris ashok's and salaskar's i knew it was like uh it it has to be true you know i was at dinner with the family last night um, a family that knows you well and i believe the, like you said the first time you heard about a shock having fallen was on television just like the rest of us considering that the family has been serving in the police force for generations was there any um conversation of over the years of one of your sons joining the service or did the wounds run very deep no not really they were not interested right from the beginning it had nothing to do with this and i in fact had they joined i would have supported them right right your children rahul and arjun were very very young um at the time and do they remember the time with their father you know how how did your equation with them change post the loss that you all had the older one uh, soon after i think 6 months later went to kodaikanal and i was happy he went away from maharashtra because i was busy with this rti work the book my father was not well he was in and out of the hospitals so the younger one was already giving me sort of you know he used to get very uh, he used to get anxious and uh, he would keep saying you know what if something happens to you if, even if i didn't answer my phone call if i was in mumbai for the book work or something and i didn't answer he would like get breathless and stuff like that he was staying with my mother in those days whenever i went to mumbai 
and uh, so one day i just sat him i wanted to hug him but i said no i have to make him strong so i told him yeah if I, something happens to me you have my mother my father my sisters to look after you i said there are people who've lost both their parents and there's always someone to look after so you'll never be on your own so you know i didn't want them to be weak i didn't want him to be i mean he was the only one who was with me at, for the longest time like 4 years rahul had gone to boarding so uh, i didn't want him to get this anxiety you know if i didn't answer my calls or to feel that what happens if something happens to me you've got to be strong in life these kind of i mean things happen and if i'm not strong and i don't teach them to be strong they have a life ahead of them so so I, the younger one spent more time so i could yeah sort of you know make him strong and then uh, after i think 5 years my older one uh, came back to bombay and then he went to zaviers he stayed with my sister then when i stayed with him i spent more time with him but we don't really talk so much honestly speaking my younger one is able to speak a lot more about ashok my older one and me i don't know somehow we're not able to do you think it's so because of you know he went away very um you said 6 months you know after you know his dad passing do you think in some ways that the the healing was very different or has not happened for him the way it did for your younger one because you were still there and he got that support and you know he he and you could talk about it he he knew he'll be understood whereas the older one might not have felt understood uh, talking about it with you know his friends or peers one thing i was happy that he was away from maharashtra in an atmosphere where he had no access to the media or to the newspapers because what i went through my younger one saw me go through a lot with the media reporting or you know there were so many things happening in the house every single day it was like talking to the journalists and getting upset over something that they were writing or you know a lot of things so in a way he grew up in an atmosphere where there were a lot of games and uh, fortunately for him um uh, he had his dorm parents who were ashok's who was ashok sports teacher so they looked after him really really well so i think what happened it was good that he went away from you right there is a lot of angst um anguish which is reflected on your book do you think as a country we let him down i wouldn't say as a country uh, i think it's the force that let him down all three of us wanted was that the mumbai police should put the record straight it was not our job to do it and uh, there was a narrative that they were giving to the press and the press without even finding the truth were printing it and i remember in those days you know there used to be a, there was a series that was coming you know in one of the top newspapers that you know every day that now next day it was going to be mr karkare walks into a dark alley and i didn't know what was coming because the earlier day whatever news was printed was all rubbish So I called one of the journalists and I told her I said you know she said okay you talk to the top most guy person in Delhi so I spoke to him and he said okay tell me what is wrong I said well all the other facts are wrong but even the basic fact that where we stayed uh we stayed in Chembur and not in Baikala so then I spoke to the Delhi editor then he put me on back to the Mumbai editor and then he argues with me but you stayed in baikala i said yeah in 2000 i mean i should know better where we stayed 
so you know it was like i said you guys are printing rubbish millions are reading in the newspaper and going to believe your story i said i have documents to prove what you're saying is wrong but you know it was like very difficult time because the media was most of the media was writing a narrative that the mumbai police was giving and all that i kept telling mr gafur at that time also and mr the additional cp that it is your job to you know tell the truth it's not my job to find out and you know correct that is you, you owe it to the your men i said today all of you all are sitting in your chair is because they paid with their lives i said and i, I think you are not being fair to them and i think people have been really really nice to us people were very kind very supportive so i don't think as a nation anybody let us down it was our own force that let us down i have a feeling that they did uh commit some mistakes maybe not intentionally but in a in the process to hide the mistakes that they made they didn't realize that they are trying to put the blame on somebody who's not able to answer for themselves or to you know explain themselves and um, i remember in hindsight that uh, you know the women the officers wives who came from mumbai police one of them said oh don't believe you know if the dg office all the ladies come and tell you that mumbai police made mistakes i was in no position to understand what they meant it was later on that it hit me that it was a husband who was holding the you know uh, control room uh, reins with him and um, yeah when the lies started it's that's when when they refused to tell us the truth i remember mr gafur sending one of the officers and saying it was ashok's weapon that uh, injured kasab so i said why is it not being showed if it's not him it's okay but i mean the truth should come what happened in the lane they refused to and i said the media also it was like constantly three officers together three officers together what about the three joint cps who were sitting in the control room together at the same time in the ram pradhan committee report the officers uh, have said that oh uh, i got a call uh, saying that they're going to attack the commissioner's office but you had three joint cps sitting in the same office nobody questioned that nobody questioned that in taj there were three ips officers together in the taj control room why was the focus constantly on these three officers and in rank at least they were one was a additional cp one was a additional uh, one was joint cp and one was an inspector over the then the control room they were all three joint cps so i mean even the media kept saying it again and again which really used to upset us yeah, yeah. i believe loss and healing have a journey they really start from disbelief to this heart wrenching pain anger betrayal and the loop just keeps going do share with us what your journey was like after losing your husband ashok honestly um if i had tears in my eyes so anything my boys would just keep looking at me so that was one thing i just couldn't get myself to for them to watch me in that state because they were hel- equally helpless and they were really really young and um so i and uh, you know there were comments from politicians who came home that they were not well prepared and uh, you know there were a lot of loose comments that were made and ashok was the only one the person from the mumbai police who had an ak47 who was very apt you know very good with his weapons he was carrying 
tear gas shells because he was supposed to go to um, a Trident. And so I didn't like that kind of statement. And he was somebody who always spoke on the wireless set. And even before leaving, I, you know, then managed to get from through. I, It's just, I was lucky that one constable came and gave me these conversations. And uh, I realized that he had given, you know, instructions to his, in his area. He had vital organi- uh, installations in his area. And for all of them to be protected and he had sent cops there. And uh, so, you know, it surprised me that there was not a single conversation on the wireless set after he reached here. And um, with the children looking at me, these kind of comments, I had no choice but to be strong if I had to find out the truth. I mean, I had no time to grieve, honestly speaking. It was like just if if I was not strong enough, I wouldn't have been able to, you know, get there to write the book. So the writing the book also was a very cathartic experience for me. Today I'm at peace with myself that um, I've done what I could do best. Uh, the matter was with RTI. We won the matter. The RTI commissioner held that yes, the, the logs were fudged. You know, it's been more than a decade. Um, do you feel like you have healed? Anu, honestly, I keep myself so busy, so busy. I do farming. I do a lot of things. Sometimes work. There's so many obstacles in my work. And things don't happen. And I always say, maybe that's God's way of, you know, creating these obstacles because maybe he thinks I don't need that time where, you know, to myself. Because I remember I went to uh, one of these elderly ladies in our society and she had this Guruvani that plays on in the Golden Temple. And that music was playing and I was just crying. I mean, there was no reason, there was no conversation. So sometimes I feel, you know, it's nice that I'm busy. And I never complain about the obstacles in my life because I just feel maybe it's God's way of keeping my mind busy. You know, um, I mean, moving on means different things for different people. Uh, What does it mean for you? How have you changed over the years? I don't know whether I've changed. I think I've just kept myself busy with things I love doing. Um... My A lot of my time went on looking after my in-laws, the kids. It's now that I'm giving time to myself and my health. I love farming. So that was one thing whenever I would get stressed, that was my stress buster. I would drive from Mumbai to Telegao in the morning, go back, reach back in the night at 10, 30, 11, take the boys for a movie after that. So, you know, I devised methods to keep myself really busy and do things which I enjoy. You know, I've had my share of um, losing loved ones and um, so often I've got this um, stab in the heart thinking how things would have been if the person was there um, about the bond that my kids will never have um, or the weight that my parents carry of having seen their child go before them. Tell us about your husband's parents and their life after they lost their son and what did that do to your relationship with them? I think my mother-in-law completely gave up uh, because she's very fond of my husband and um, she would not make much conversation 
she was completely heartbroken and yeah i mean i could see she just you know uh couldn't deal with it uh same with my father in law he became a loner he was such a outgoing person but suddenly he withdrew into a shell and yeah i i shared very good equations with them even before i mean when we were married and post marriage also uh, my father in law doted on me i mean i looked after him even my mother in law they my mother in law lived in delhi and i would go as often as i could whenever she was unwell i would be there for her but she was such an immensely she was a very strong woman and she would always tell me you know you look after your children i'm okay you look after your children i learned a lot from her you know she never expected me that i should be there you know whatever time i spent i could see while the later part of the years you know she would probably feel and she refused to come and stay with any one of us she lived on her own terms in her own house in delhi yeah i saw her she was completely devastated same with my father in law and he also would say no don't trouble her she's got two kids to manage don't tell her i'm not well she'll come rushing back and yeah they were extremely extremely uh, supportive i had a very nice relationship with them you know with with time our definition of happiness and and the things that we do that make us happy they change what makes you happy today what makes me happy yeah i keep myself i am a very house proud person uh i love doing i mean i've got this farm where i do homestead farming i grow vegetables i have fruit trees i make wine so yeah i do small things that make me happy these are i'm very happy with these things and what would um, you know you've you've had um, you've had quite a journey what would your advice be to anyone struggling having lost the one they love you know i remember a friend of mine uh, she's uh, she's a spinster and we were both driving back from bombay and there was a song playing it's a beautiful song which resonated like you know i had tears in my eyes while driving and she also had tears in her eyes so i guess you know uh, it sums up so beautifully what you i felt i feel so it says kabhi palko mein aansu hai कभी लब पे शिकायत है मगर है जिंदगी मुझे तुमसे मोहब्बत है यू नो इट सम्स अप समथिंग सो ब्यूटिफुली एंड आई थिंक एवरीबडी हैज अ जर्नी यू नो इन देर दिस सम काइंड ऑफ प्रॉब्लम्स एवरी वन हैज इन देर लाइफ एंड आई गेस शी कुड यू नो रेजनेट विद दैट दोज वर्ड्स आई कुड इन माई वे विद दैट एंड या लाइफ इज ब्यूटिफुल आई मीन and you have to teach your children that there are ups and downs in life and you still have to you know be able to get over that and carry on with life vinita your courage is incredible and your resilience is something i think our listeners will remain in awe of thank you for showing us the power of love even amidst great turmoil next week my guest is author and academic amitav kumar He's married to a fellow academic Mona Ahmed Ali. He's Hindu, she's Muslim. He's Indian, she's Pakistani. They're both American. And his stories and essays are thought-provoking, witty, insightful all at the same time. I hope to see you next week. Till then, take care.